trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Are bestsellers all they're hyped up to be? The Terrible Book Club explores whether or not you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. If you've ever seen a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Welcome to episode 56 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Chris, and this is Paris. Hello. Uh, this time, we are subjected to another patron request, although it wasn't really subjected, I think, because it was this one was a, a pleasant surprise. We read... Shh, Chris, in, shh, keep, keep, keep the secret. <laughs> in the House in the Dark of the Woods by Laird Hunt. Yeah, uh, and if this is your first time listening to the show, what we do here at the Terrible Book Club is we read books that we assume will be bad, based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of the three. So we force ourselves to read books we would never otherwise choose to read. Usually this experiment results in a hilariously disappointing read, but once in a great while a book comes along that at least partially subverts our assumptions, and dare I say that happened today. Um, so I, uh, before we get too far into this, I just want to say... Uh, thank you, Tessina. This was her selection. She's uh, one of our lovely patrons. Uh, she asked us to read this for her uh, because she was just like, uh, I think she sent us a message saying like, oh, fuck this. I can't get through it. I don't, I'm not going to finish it. You guys finish it for me. So um, we did. Uh, we read the whole thing, of course. Um, but thank you, Tessina, for your patronage. And um, hopefully you enjoy this episode. A little bit of a content warning, so in addition to our usual barnyard language, uh, we've got some murder, some physical and verbal abuse, uh, descriptions and depictions of captivity, Um, got some good old-fashioned patriarchal society stuff, but not that much. I actually think we also got some some bad ladies in this as well. Um, I don't think there's really anything else. Uh, we'll, uh, We'll just leave it there. I will say that uh, I really, I actually really enjoyed this book. However, I understand why Sina didn't like it and why a lot of people might not. So that being said, I'm just going to tell you right now, if you're going to listen to the rest of this episode, it's going to be a huge spoiler. and We're going to tell you all about it. So um, if you think you might want to read it, maybe, uh, maybe just be careful about listening to this episode. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to go ahead and read the back of the book summary so you get uh, sort of a I don't know, a little snapshot of what this book is about. In this horror story set in colonial New England, a law-abiding Puritan woman goes missing. Or perhaps she has fled or abandoned her family. Or perhaps she's been kidnapped and set loose to wander in the dense woods of the North. Alone and possibly lost, she meets another woman in the forest. Then everything changes. On a journey that will take her through dark woods full of almost human wolves, through a deep well wet with the screams of men, and on a living ship made of human bones, our heroine may find that the evil she flees has been inside her all along. 
In The House in the Dark of the Woods is a novel of psychological horror and suspense told in Laird Hunt's characteristically lyrical prose style. It is a story of a bewitching, a betrayal, a master huntress in her quarry. It is a story of anger, of evil, of hatred, and of redemption. It is a story of a haunting, a story that makes up the bedrock of American mythology, but told in a vivid way you will never forget. So already right out the gate, it's ki- the the back of the book here is actually, or I guess the summary for Amazon since we had the Kindle version, right? Um, it's it's a pretty good indicator of the flavor and style of the book because even that first paragraph is like, oh, uh, maybe this happened, maybe this is what's happening. What do you think? That is, is that ki- is basically the of, whole book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There there is a whole lot of stuff that's really vague or. Uh, mysterious or left kind of gray as to what exactly is going on and i think that could be why senior was a little frustrated when uh they were reading the, the, this book here because i definitely had some part some um spots where i ha- had to be like am i just missing something am i the stupid one here am i not did i not catch some detail yeah so i um i like i said a few minutes ago i definitely understand why some people do not like this writing style. And in fact, when I first started reading it, I was like, you know, is this, is this guy like trying to write somebody who has ADHD, but doing a poor job of it? And, and I, and I was like, okay, this is, it's written in a stream of consciousness style. I know the, the summary said like lyrical prose, but it's, it's like stream of consciousness. Like if you've ever read a book like that, where, um, you know, you have your main character's point of view and you're just inside their head as their as their head fucking, you know, goes to one thought to the next. Um, I'll actually I'll read some of the opening so you understand what we're talking about. I'll just read like the first two paragraphs. So this is how this is how this book starts. I told my man I was off to pick berries and that he should watch our son for I would be gone some good while. So away I went with a basket. I walked and picked and ate and took off my shoes I left them to sit by themselves and tromped my bare feet in the stream. Along I went, straight down the watery road, singing and smiling under the sun. The water was fresh and clear, and I went farther away from our home than ever I had before. It was nice in the field on the far bank of the stream, so I lay down and warmed my wet legs and tried to think of a song as clear and fresh as the water to sing that evening to my son. There would be sweet fish in my song and young frogs and green fronds to wave the good long length of it. Weakness would not be in my song." There would be no harsh word. My man would sit silently and listen. A noisy bend of blackbirds swept over me as I lay there. I leaped up and thought to recross the stream and find my shoes, but the blackbirds had all landed in the trees in the far woods. They were making such a clamor that I thought they were laughing at my bare feet, so I ran to them and banged my basket and scattered them away. Into the woods I went, following the birds at first, then finding berries, riper and redder, where the sun could catch them at the edges of the glades. Light came spilling down everywhere, and as I stood in one of its bubbling pools, I saw at a distance a little girl, dressed all in yellow, running through the trees. I thought I heard her laugh, too, but it may have just been one of the blackbirds laughing as it flew, or a pleasing trick of the wind leaping in and out of my ears. It's very, like, right at the start, it's almost like a, like a sort of naive Disney princess, thing, like, oh, yeah, I'm taking yeah. berries in the woods, and I took my yeah. shoes off for... Why, why does she take her shoes well, off, Well, here's, here's the thing, like... And the reason that these first two paragraphs struck me immediately as strange is that we're in fucking Puritan New- colonial New England. Women aren't taking their shoes off outside, walking in rivers and singing about frogs. Y'all get hanged for that shit. Like that is, that is, How dare you show your no, bare souls in this village? No, but I mean that prance about in the river. But it's true. Like, you know, Puritans, they didn't allow singing. They didn't allow you to go frolicking out, especially by yourself as a woman. Like, 
a lot of this stuff struck me as very strange. And I was like, that's why I was thinking, oh, maybe this person is somebody who's like not neurotypical. Maybe they're they have like some kind of attention disorder or they're very young. I also was like, oh, maybe she's really young. I know it said that she, you know, my man and my boy, I was like, well, sometimes people get married, you know, or, right? Or maybe like, she's completely neurotypical and just likes to have fun like a normal person. Although I would question why you take your shoes off to just go traipsing through the... She just does that with no explanation. It's like the yeah, second sentence yeah, there. And she's exactly. like, I just took my shoes off because fuck them, I guess. So you're, so you're immediately plunged into this woman's stream of consciousness, into her mind and... You can tell something is off, but you're like, all right. You know, and, and at first I was like, okay, I get what Sina didn't like this. Uh, yeah, this style of writing probably isn't going to be my favorite. But uh, there was a point, I, I don't know, I, I kept going with it because we we are bound to these books, shackled to finish them. So it's not as though I have, it's not, obligated. Those, it's not as though I have a choice. I literally do not have a choice. So I was like, all right, well. You know, it's not poorly written, but eh, probably isn't how I would choose to write this. And I know that Sina said it was a fairy tale. It's definitely extremely Brothers Grimm in, in flavor, like that yeah. kind of like mm -hmm. dark overcast yep. fable. And and that is that is my shit. Like, I love fairy tales. I am obsessed. Actually, short PSA from me. Um, When I was a kid, I had this fairy tale book. And I have not been able to find it since. And me and this other random lady on Reddit are both looking for the same book. And neither of us can fucking find it. So <laughs> so, Sounds uh, like you're going to get sucked into your own house <laughs> in the dark of the woods that, based around a fairy tale book. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, like, if anybody wants to chat me up about it on you know Twitter or Facebook or send us an email or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for this book. All right. Like, somebody's fairy tale book hunters. Me. Dude, I have, you need to go on uh, that reality show. That's I, just have, book I have. Wasted hours of my time searching, scouring the internet, and you know, to no avail. But any anyhow, um, so I love fairy tales. I'm super into them. I love when you get that original, tasty, dark flavor, that nice bittersweet, <laughs> dark, like a good dark chocolate fairy like tale. Like a good story. chocolate. Yeah, man. Fairy tale should be like a good chocolate. You got that 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 slight sweetness, but you know, enrobed in this bitter truth. It's that's how it should Someone be. Someone gets murdered at some point. Yeah, and man. It's, it's, or it's like a lesson teaching murder. Yeah, or horribly tortured or whatever. I don't know. I know that sounds fucked up, but, but like that's a, what makes a good story. But you learn a lesson from it. it. The murder is couched in wisdom. It's a wise murder. <laughs> uh, all right. So that that's, uh, I would say, uh, this is probably the time you want to get the fuck out of here if uh, you don't want to hear spoilers because we're going to start getting into the, the bits of the story and you already, the main characters. You already found, we already spoiled the key part of this story i think is that this lady just took her shoes off for no reason and ran into the woods in a very and in, in a why and man like, no she's wicked focused on berries dude she's gonna bring home berries for her man and her son and cream i believe she also said she's gonna bring back yep. cream but she probably has a cow for that yes, I she forget. does so uh our main characters uh the person who are uh the main protagonist whose thoughts we are reading is goody which is what a wife was called. Like, they fuck having a name or personhood. You're just wife now once you're married. <laughs> Thanks, Puritans. Um, her man and her son. So her husband and her son. They have. She always calls it him her man, and I couldn't decide I if every time I read it, I had to go with, like, the my man kind of pronunciation or the my man yeah. kind of pronunciation. <laughs> For my man, my son. Yeah, that's a little weird. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I also thought it was an odd 
way to say that? I, I don't know. I guess I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on uh, Puritan linguistics, so I don't know if that... <laughs> they were very sassy back then, <laughs> turns out. There was a lot of fingers, and my man back there, <laughs> no. uh, he's milking the cows, and I gotta bring berries home for him. Oh, jeez. Uh, anyway, there is Goody, her man and her son, uh, a first folk man, which I would... I just want to say, I am... Thank you, Laird Hunt, for not calling the Native American man an Indian or a red man or like some other nat- like horrible racist thing. I'm just so glad that you just referred to him as first folk man. Like, thank you. Fucking I mean, thank technically, you. <laughs> like accurate to the period, it would probably they would have called him an Indian or something, right? But well, I guess for, we don't have to be doing that for the it, sake exactly. of this book. So I was just it's like, not, oh, I'm so glad. It's definitely he, not. We can already tell it's not period accurate. And I'll tell you right away <laughs> that it does not. It, when we go in later, this shit happening that probably didn't go on in period of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's First Folk Man. There is Captain Jane, Eliza, Granny Someone, Hope, who is the girl in the yellow dress, Handsome Man, and Red Boy. Uh, Chris, yeah, did you vague on the names? Did you laugh at Red Boy? Do you know about that being a slur, or did that not hit you the same way it hit me? No. Oh, um. So I don't know. This is kind of an antiquated slur, but Red Boy is uh, a, a phrase. Uh, it's a derogatory phrase for a gay man. So, uh, oh, yeah. Well, who, so, who put it that way, though? So like, when I first, when Red Boy first appeared in the story, I was just like laughing to myself because I was like, why did he throw in this slur? And then I was like, oh, it's not the slur. Okay, that's good. By the way, we find out later, it's not a boy at all. Like, we, Oh, we've, fuck we've, no. Um, anyway, so, all right. So, Goody... Goody is out she, in the woods, she's gonna get some she fucking cast berries. cast off her shoes, she she's ready to get... She took her shoes off, yeah. Um, getting she, down into nature, right. she loves the dirt under her toes. She sees that na- that first folk man walking by, and he's, like, do- like mouthing at her and being like, Hey, what's up? No, 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 he is literally, like... You ever see someone trying to get you to, like, not hit them in the road, and they're, like, wildly waving their arms like a wacky, wild, inflatable tube man? Like, that's what this dude is doing. Like, she's walking into the woods, and he's like, fuck, no, stop, God, no, please. The universal symbol of fuck off, please. Yeah, he's like, no, get the, like, he's doing the, you know, the the, uh, slicing motion on his neck. He's waving his arms. He's like, get the fuck out of there. And she's like, Maybe get some shoes on or something. Yeah, she's like, and he, he, brings her her shoes and her bonnet and he's like trying to give her her stuff and be like get the fuck out of here but you know she's just like oh look at this stupid man trying to keep me away from his berries there's enough berries for everybody garden berries with like his like (laughs) frantic motions like no please don't steal my berries weird barefoot woman like that's not what's happening he's trying to keep you away from the goddamn forest you idiot but she's she's like, like oh but hey don't worry about all those berries besides if you're so greedy god's gonna smite you anyway yeah she's like basically i i laughed and i was like Big Puritan mood, aka ignore the natives, because what the fuck do they know, fucking godless heathens? Because that's they've only basically been here for like I don't know since the fuck the, the, yeah. the first people here. They've been here longer than you. But I just thought that that little that little uh, exchange was a, a great anecdote about how Puritans just didn't give a fuck about what native people thought or said and totally misinterpreted every interaction they had with them, basically. So, um, and then she so she ignores first folk man goes 
into the woods and she's walking around for a while steps on some brambles she injures her feet and she's really tired and she's like man i don't know how am i get home like my feet are really mangled <laughs> i shouldn't have just uh, ran into the woods with no shoes sho- looking for berries <laughs> yeah yeah, because when when the first Pokemon like a fucking like <laughs> cereal like like the cartoon on a box back of a box of cereal or something <laughs> just running into the woods looking for his berries cereal I I don't know yeah and so she finally realizes like oh man I'm kind of boned like I don't know how I'm gonna get back with my feet in this state and also I'm extremely tired she only had a little bit of food and I think she ran through it uh, all of a sudden this woman just like appears out of nowhere it like directly behind her and touches her arm and goody's like oh a person and this is captain jane and captain jane has a bunch of people with her that kind of look like slaves because they're in shackles but they're not connected like it, it almost looks like they had had shackles that were broken off and captain jane was like instructing them to go somewhere and they like go off or whatever and uh captain jane talks to her and is like all right, here, chew this, chew this bark. That'll ease your pain. I'm going to, I got to take you to Eliza's house, man. Your feet need some attention. And she's like, who the fuck is Eliza? All right, sure. Like my feet are pretty fucked up. And she kind of acknowledges like Goody is like, okay, this is pretty weird, but I don't really have any other options. Like, I was a stupid that- person and I left my shoes at, at back <laughs> over with the first folk man, even when he was trying to give them back to me. Yep. Hey man, I'm just trying to be a free spirit here out here getting berries in the woods. You can't. <laughs> Yeah, and so Bring she me down. she kind of yeah she kind of acknowledges that this is a strange situation, but again, she doesn't really have a better option, right? Like at least going with Captain Jane, she has some chance to Eliza's house. She has some chance of um, healing her feet and maybe getting some directions because she's also lost. So she's well, like, we don't know why she's a captain at this point. By the way, she just calls herself Captain Jane. What she's the captain of? Who knows? Yeah, she seems to be kind of like a uh, like a ranger. You know, if anyone plays D anD D or if you ever read a fantasy novel, she seems she's got like uh, she's got these like uh, medicine bags and she's got a lot of like uh, tracking gear. She's geared up to be out in the woods. Yeah, she kind of seems like a, a Captain Jane. You know, medicine woods witch or whatever. <laughs> like that's kind of. Kind of got a uh, yeah that going on. Next and, on Puritan drama TV, yeah. Captain J. So, wait, wait, you can't watch it actually. So turn it off. God will be yeah. mad. So so uh, Captain Jane takes Goody to Eliza's house, and Eliza, whoever this is, you know, lives in this lovely little stone cottage in the woods, and she's got a little barn with some livestock and gardens, and it's it's just really beautiful. And Eliza is this lovely looking woman with, I think, long black hair or dark brown hair or something. And she greets Goody warmly, you know, gives her a hug, offers her hospitality. She bathes Goody's feet and, you know, puts some poultice on it so she gets better. And she's like, well, you know, we'll just have you rest up for a day or so and then we'll we'll send you back home. You know, and, she, and Goody is like, oh, man, these people are so nice. How cool. And, and at this point, I'm like... All right, some fucking shit's gonna go down, right? But then, I like, mean, no shit goes right down for a little Eliza bit. Eliza does does like some weird things here and there, like yes. when she's giving uh, Goody the like the foot bath healing thing. Goody makes a little noise when I don't know it gets in the cuts or whatever, and Eliza just starts mimicking it or like making her own little noises and being like, "Hey, that's that's a fun noise to make. Why don't you try? You want you, you want to hear my noise that I make? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like." <laughs> Things are a little strange, but no one is being cruel or doing anything bad yet. So I was like, all right, maybe these ladies are just cool. And I was like, oh, maybe she's going to, like, 
turn gay in the woods. Like, maybe that's what this is about. <laughs> maybe this is about turning gay in the woods. Like, maybe that's what this is about. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm here for that. I'm here for that. This in, is about- in the gay in the house in the woods. <laughs> gay in the house in the dark of the woods. <laughs> in the gay house in the dark of the gay woods. That's, yeah. That's, I really... Well, that's we, why that first folk man was like, no, you'll find much more happiness in there. You have to be with us men. They know. They know what to do with vaginas. No, um, so so, but and and I got that feeling just because of how, uh, how kindly and like loving Eliza was being towards Goody, and I was like, all right, maybe they're gonna like have a thing. Oh, okay, whatever, that's fine. It did seem like Goody and her husband weren't exactly like ha- having the greatest marriage from the little snippets you get. Yeah, you don't get um, you get these pieces of Goody's life like. You very slowly throughout most, I would say the first 70% of the book, you very slowly figure out that she and her husband have a bad marriage. Their son might have some like developmental disorders, perhaps, maybe even caused by the dad who used to, sh- who shakes him violently when he doesn't <laughs> okay. do things fast enough. Okay, so the the context here, I think we have to establish this, is that Goody's thinking about her son who is a little bit slow to speech. And she mentions that her husband would get frustrated about this and just shake the kid a bunch as if that's really going to help things. You just shake the words loose enough. You'll get him to say something. Yeah. And and she mentions that if she says like if she says anything kind of smart back to her husband, he hits her. That's established very early that they have a physically abusive relationship you then, She'll slap back, though. Yeah, she yeah. She tries you to then, slap back, though. You then learn, yeah, that the kid maybe has some developmental disorder or the husband has abused him to the point where he uh, he has, like, a speech impediment or is slow to learn. And um, you also slowly learn that they get they get married under some, like, inauspicious circumstances. I forget what happened, but they... Uh, it kind of seemed like they just got married because she just needed to get married. It wasn't like a, you know, because her parents were dying and falling apart or whatever. And she just like, anyway, it's not a great marriage. You learn that slowly over time. Um, now, though, we're so we're in the house and um, Goody goes to bed. Everything's, you know, wakes up the next day. Things are cool. You know, they decide, oh, you know, we probably need another day of rest. She's like, yeah, man, Totally. I gotta get back to my man. My man and my son. Gotta get them berries. Uh, So she's like, all right. And, you know, her feet had gotten a little better overnight, but she definitely needed one more day. And, like, she goes to sleep. And she wakes up in the middle of the night. And she hears, does she hear Eliza crying? Is that what it is? Or she hears Eliza talking? She just walks through the house and she, like, goes to the bathing room. I don't know if it's technically the bathroom no she she hears something i think she hears eliza crying or something she hears eliza crying or talking or something and so she wakes up and she's like oh no i wonder what's up with eliza so she likes you know she can walk a little bit so she goes yeah she goes into the front room where uh the bath water is and eliza is like curled up in the tub but then when she looks at Eliza's face she's not crying but she can hear Eliza crying in another room so she's like all right this is weird I guess I'll 
go investigate that other Eliza. I have to I have to mention at this point that Goody decides to put her ear to Eliza's back or chest or something. Her back to yeah. attempt to hear her heartbeat because Eliza did that to her earlier when she was bathing Goody or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. And there's a faint or almost no heartbeat when she does that to uh, PS, Eliza in the tub. P.S. The bathing scene was like, I was like getting confirmation that this was going to be like lesbians in the woods. Um, <laughs> but but then it didn't happen. I was like, oh, okay, that's not where this is going. I was like, oh, that, all right. I mean, weird, but because I felt like we were building to that, but we're not. All right, that's fine. No, it takes so, a sharper turn yeah, into like so, horror in the woods. Yeah, and so, so she hears... So she's physically looking at Eliza in the bathtub, but hearing Eliza in another room. And she's just like, oh, I'll just go investigate the other one. And I was like, dude, wouldn't you be fucking terrified? Like, I would I would not be as adventurous as Goody was. I'm just going to say I would have picked you up the nearest. You don't just kick your shoes off and go berry hunting at a moment on a whim? <laughs> well, anyway, so she's like, all right, I'll go investigate. Like, maybe Eliza's somewhere else. And this isn't really Eliza. She goes into another room and Eliza is like in bed and but it's still not that Eliza. And then I think she finally finds like there are just Eliza's everywhere. There's like one outside with the pigs. There's one in a bedroom. There's one downstairs. And then she finally finds the real Eliza in this weird room that she had never noticed before. And she was Eliza was talking to someone. And, you know, She's like, Goody, just come in here and lay with me. And so Goody does. And she's like, who are you talking to? And she was like, oh, I was talking to Red Boy, like all nonchalantly. And Goody's like, who's that? And she's like, oh, he like owns the, these woods or whatever. Like, I don't know. He's like my master or something. Or I belong to him. I forget exactly how she puts it. Um, and no, no, nothing, nothing cool, basically. Nothing yeah. that would not be alarming. And so I'm immediately like oh shit, that's gotta be Satan, right? Like, these are witches, and that's gotta be Satan. Like, they are, that's their master. And I'm like, okay. So they're just witches. So I'm like, alright, they're just witches. No big deal. Just just Not, witches. No, nothing to be scared of. No, but, I mean, in, really, it's like, alright, they're just witches in service of Satan. Like, whatever. You know, Honey, I was what's like, all right. these women outside and in my bathtub and, and like, uh, yeah. in, in my bed with me? Well, ah, it's just then, witches. And then she convinces herself that it was, like, a dream or something. And then I started to convince myself, like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe that multiple Eliza thing was a dream. Like, it could have been. And, and like you said before, the way that this is written, you question the fabric of the story, right? The reality of the story. And that's purposeful. Um, but it, it it can be very confusing if, for example, English is not your first language. I imagine this would be a very difficult book to read. Um, or if you're just like, you don't like that kind of writing style, um, I feel like it could get very frustrating. You could become easily confused and like just throw this book in a fire because um, I, like I personally love something like this where it's unclear, but there are enough clues to form a logical answer. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I love, but I totally get why some people don't. Um, See, anyway. To me, uh, uh, before you hop back on yeah. this thing, since you kind of made the side point here, um, I, I like some vagaries in, in writing, especially when there is that sense of, like, a deeper mystery that you can, like, kind of hunt for the clues for and stuff like that. But I think the way that some rules are just explicitly written out later but then others aren't is a little bit jarring to me in that the rules that are laid out are kind of inconsequential almost. 
Or not inconsequential, but like I don't care about those sets of rules as much as I do some of the other things that pop up that aren't really explained. Yeah, I mean there there's definitely a lot that you have to put together. Um and there there's only enough clues to really solidly make a case for some of it, right? Not all of it. Um there's, there's so- a lot of it that I don't think has any answers or anything. It's just a thing that kind of works this way and you have to roll with it well we're also in a fairy tale right so that's another thing you have to keep in mind that i think could easily be lost because this is not told in a typical fairy tale style so i think it's easy to lose sight of that um but anyway at this point in the story uh the next day eliza wakes up and you know Liza and goody wake up and they're like all right you know you're all good let's get you let's get you back in your shoes let's get you some food in a basket and send you off home so, you know, they send her off. And, and at this point, With I'm a like... a basket full of pig meat. That, yeah. That's like the yeah, super important part. Yep. Um, yeah, they, they, like, I think they had, like, slaughtered one of the pigs. And so, at this point, I'm like, well, like, Eliza's really letting her go. Okay. So, I guess... All right. I was like, okay. Kind of had me there. I totally thought they no were going to... No sudden cauldrons that she's yeah. trapping Goody in or, like, you know... I totally thought she was going to be forcibly imprisoned and she was never going to... I thought we were in, like, fairy tale misery here. Like, that's what I thought was going to happen, where it's just, like, Kathy Bates, like, strapping you, you down. You have to get um, the rest of the berries, Goody. Yeah. And so, you know, when she lets her leave and they give her food and, like, some pain meds, I'm like, okay. Uh, sick cool so isn't this like on the way out isn't this where hope shows up one more time to hand goody a a bark uh i can't remember if it's then or if it's when she comes back but uh what she gets lost in the woods again right yeah basically there's a there's a segment where she she goes off with all the pig meat she tries to get back home but she gets lost again turns out and I think uh, around here, she either meets up with Captain Jane or Hope, the girl in yellow, again. Yeah, and at this and point, I was like, back up. I was like, oh, okay. So they're just, they're giving her a false sense of, of freedom. I was like, okay, the woods are enchanted. She's going to get lost again and like have to go back. And that is what happens. But whether or not it's because the woods are enchanted or this lady just has no sense of direction is like up to you. She really doesn't maybe, have a lot of sense of direction or self-preservation. Maybe a little of column A and a little of column B. <laughs> this is a lady that ran into the woods barefoot, ignoring the like the the obvious warning signs of just a uh, a guy going, "No, don't do any of this. Put your shoes back on and get back to your man over there." Please. Uh, yeah. So, so she gets lost again and um ends up back at the house, and Eliza's like oh no, what happened? She's like, I don't know, man. I just couldn't find my way and I ate all my pig meat and now my feet hurt again. <laughs> oh, I'm out of pig meat and I want my shoes still. And my shoes hurt again. My feet hurt again. Eliza's like, well, <laughs> we'll just deal with those feet. No problem. And then she's like, you know, you could just stay here. And Goody starts thinking about it. She's like, yeah, this place is pretty rad. Like, it's real beautiful. You know? I mean, and- I do have my man yeah. back at home. But- <laughs> and Eliza... Eliza's like, yeah, and you know, you haven't even seen the gardens and the pond, the lake or yet. And she's like, yeah, I would really like to see those things. She's like, you know what? 
maybe I'll stick around for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll stay for a little bit. And Eliza's like, sick. Yes, I'm so happy. We're going to have so much fun. It's going to be so good. And I was like. Wood sister play day. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, oh, damn. OK, now we're going to get into like them becoming lesbians in the woods. Right. Like that's <laughs> you, like. I think that's just what you wanted to happen. No, it's just what it seemed like was going to happen throughout the story. Um, and so Eliza's like, well, you know, since you're staying, I'm going to show you my my fun special room downstairs. So they go down to the basement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, go, once again, in like her sense of no self-preservation, he's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, fine, I'll go into your yeah. special room downstairs. No, but I mean, they go together and, it, you know, it's like a it's like a nice big basement full of all the preserved fruits and vegetables and like a bunch of herbs tied to the rafters. And there's this barrel and a bunch of paper and like a quill. And Eliza's like, do you know what this is? And she's like miming, writing in the air. <laughs> And yeah, she's like scribbling in the air, and Goody is still like, I don't know what she's doing. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, Goody's like, what the fuck? She trying to show me how to dance? I don't know. Uh, and then she's like, no, it's writing, silly. And then they like start practicing writing together. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty wholesome, like cool. But then, but then you start realizing that it's just a bunch of pages with like weird shit written on it, like. Uh, I love, I love, I love, I love. And then, like, I love the world. I hate the world. I do not love the world. I do not hate the world. Like, a bunch of weird shit like that written over and over again. And, and that... Eliza's having, like, a grand old oh, time yeah. just writing Super. any old thing. She's just like, wow, look at all these words on paper, which I guess is indicative of how fucking boring period times must have been. Because there's a lot of act. There's a lot of activities in this book that everyone seems to have a whole lot of fun over. That I was just like, I what I don't get it, guys. Maybe I'm spoiled. With there's like this whole writing thing. There's a sequence earlier. There's like a flashback to more of uh, Goody's like child life with her father. She describes like a, a performance troupe coming by her house, and they're all you know they, they're looking for just some spare coin while they do some tricks or whatever. They can't get a full show because the family doesn't have enough money right. to pay the troop for that. But they have enough money to pay one guy to roll back and forth on a barrel, saying "Angel, Angel, Angel" when he goes one way, and "Devil, Devil, Devil" when he goes the <laughs> other way. And Goody and her dad are fucking dying laughing. <laughs> yep, about it's the it, funniest the best thing. T- it's like her one of her fondest memories of just. Some dude on a barrel. Well, I mean, they live. And- they live in the colonial Puritan wilderness, so they they don't live in like a Boston or a Salem town. You know, they they live out in whatever fucking Pawtucket was, you know, or something, <laughs> you know, horrible. And you know, no offense to the Goody didn't have so much as a straw doll to pretend with. I guess she really if- didn't. And so, you know, Eliza and Goody are you know having a good time writing or whatever. But it does. Just it write does, letters and giggling and having a not yeah, lesbian good times. Down it does in the seem cellar. like a little weird, but also fairly wholesome. Like they're not. It's not like you walk in and Eliza's like, okay, now we're gonna write kill, 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 murder, murder, murder <laughs> over again. You know, it's nothing like that. But it it just seems a little. I strange. think even if that did happen, Goody would not even like really <laughs> nope, notice anything nope. wrong. She's like, oh wow, what a fun word to write. There's um, two R's in it. And then like after she's there for. I don't know, X amount of time passes. It doesn't seem to be that long, perhaps a few days. Um, Hope, the little girl with the yellow dress, shows up. And at this point, I don't think we know her name. Um, Eliza, shortly thereafter, tells Goody that the young girl is Hope. She just shows up at Eliza's door. And Goody's like, oh, hey, I remember. Were you in the woods the other day? And And she doesn't say anything. 
And then she just hands her this like necklace. It's just a string necklace. And on it is a piece of bark with a hole in the center, like a hole large enough that you can look through. And Hope kind of like mimes doing that. Like she puts it up to her eye and then she like gives it to Goody and Goody's like, oh, thank you. You know, and she's like, oh, who who is that? And Liza's like, oh, that's Hope. You know, she comes by, uh, I think she says she like rarely visits or something. And, uh, you know, Goody's just like, all right. And I think Eliza says like, oh, Hope can be a tricky thing though. You know, she she's just all full of mischief. You know, you can't trust what Hope says or gives you or whatever. And at that point I was like, this bitch be lying. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, ooh, there's some shady shit going on. I was like, hasn't happened yet. Like, it's been, things have been a little weird, but nothing outright bad has happened to Goody. So I'm like, hmm, all right, what's going on? So, uh, eventually, Eliza's like, hey, you wanted to see the gardens and the lake, right? And Goody's like, yeah, man, yeah, let's go do that. And so, uh, oh, oh, no, no, wait, I'm sorry. Something happens to make Goody want to leave. And a lot. She gets into like an argument yeah, with, with Eliza, Eliza right? Like something like some really tiny shit. Yeah. I think it was like she said something kind of weird when they were in the basement writing letters, you know, writing things on paper together. And and Goody says something that like lightly offends Eliza, who gets kind of tiffy about it. And like they don't talk for like a day and a half. And then Goody is thinking about leaving. And that's when Eliza rolls up and she's like, oh, it was just a little fight. You don't have to leave and anything, man. You can just you stick around. Yeah. So they, they get into a fight. Goody, Goody's like, I'm fucking leaving. And Eliza goes off into, you know, to the like nice garden lake area or whatever. And then eventually Goody changes her mind. Like she goes no, out. Go- for a second, she peers through the bark. Right. She goes out to follow Eliza. And Eliza is like, you know, sound of music style twirling in the lake and this beautiful, <laughs> pristine lake and this the gorgeous forest garden. Is alive yeah. yeah. With the sound, sound of, of witches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the sound of witches, the alternate and musical. scribbles and light pig oinks. Um, yeah. So, and, and Eliza has all these pigs and there's this beautiful garden and like, and uh, Goody looks through the bark and what she sees is a just horrifying alternate reality. When she looks through the bark, she can see that the lake is actually this like molded, like fetid swamp pond thing and it's dreary there's no sunlight it's everything is gross the garden is dead and awful and you know she's like confused by it i i don't think that she uh realizes quite the trouble she might be in uh do you recall that part i i don't she, you know, it, it, the whole time and through the whole book, it, you don't really get a sense that Goody realizes any sense of danger she's in. But other characters around her will talk about her, like, kind of good sense to extricate herself from situations that might be bad without realizing it. Yeah. And so she clearly knows that, like, something is odd, right? Yeah, you know, when I look through a piece of bark and everything's completely different and it's gross and weird and everything's like swampy and moldy, I, you know, I, I might start thinking about, hey, I don't know if I want to hang around here anymore. Yeah, and so she's like, oh man, I'm definitely going to go. But then Eliza convinces her to stay, and I don't quite remember how. Um, I think they just, they just like get over their stupid fight that they had. They like talk it out, basically. And I, 
Yeah, Goody really has like like no sense of self-preservation whatsoever. So they like get over their fight, but she immediately like doesn't think about the, you know, the possible truth that she just saw through Hope's lens, you know? Um and you know, and that and that's pretty uh a pretty straightforward uh metaphor, right? Like not even a metaphor. It's like, "Hey, <laughs> yo this little girl called hope is giving you a dose of reality maybe maybe take a hint goody but goody's like nah it's fine i like eliza and i'll just leave just like, my Jesus shoes off Christ. and keep running through this maybe not swamp yeah and like and so that was weird i was like man she's really not gonna leave after that but I mean, but you know, in reading the she, book, it doesn't seem like she was having a great time at home. To exactly, be honest with right, you, right, right. But between like her husband, you know, probably hitting her or abusing her or something, there's also another time where offhandedly she mentions like, yeah, one time uh, uh, these three like women came to our house and they were really big and tall and they wouldn't leave until my husband told them where to go with a map and they wouldn't even leave with the map. They had to get him to follow him up the road a little bit and then he came back a while later really smiley talking about how he he served god this day so i wonder what happened on the trail with the three oh, strange women oh yeah he he like you said he had a bunch of snoo snoo and uh <laughs> they were described as like back. tall and amazonian so i could only think about that futurama episode with death by snoo snoo yeah i don't i don't remember them being described that way but it's fine um yeah, so clearly her marriage sucks. Her husband beats her, probably beats her son, and... Cheats on her with random women that with... show up at the house. Just yeah, like, yeah, just like, no, whatever. Low bar, my friends. I guess if you're in the woods all the time, you're not really seeing that many people. Exactly, but... right. So, so you know, and you also learn... As you read the book, it's very clear that Eliza is very good at social engineering. Like, she's really good at talking to Goody and convincing her in a way that is not aggressive, but is definitely influential, right? Um, and so she stays, decides to stay. Uh, what happens then? She decides to leave again. Look, man, she just, she goes back and forth yeah. for like oh, they play three the, quarters they play of the, the book. Oh, they the mirror game. Uh, oh, the which... mirror game where you look in the mirror for a minute and then you start talking about what you see. Which I, I think is supposed to be some kind of like ritual or, or like witchy thing, but I never got that. Here, that the mirror game is a perfect example of a thing that happened in the book that I had no idea what the significance was about, what it was for, and it's never really explained and left totally vague. Yeah. Um. Oh, I think. Uh, I think she ends up leaving and finding Granny Someone in the woods, and that's how we meet Granny Someone. Right? Yeah, she she leaves again, and she, like, finds a well after all her traveling, and she starts hanging out by the well because she's kind of thirsty, and then she s- sees an old lady coming up a path towards the well who's, like, kind of babbling to herself a little bit, not quite making a whole lot of sense, and Goody is like, oh, do you need some water? You probably shouldn't get it from down there. It's all kind of moldy and bad. I can even see all the scum on the surface, and the old lady's like, no, you just gotta look closer at it, and, of course, Goody is, like immediately goes to do that shit because she hasn't <laughs> learned any lesson about yep. <laughs> yep. being naive in these woods and the granny just shoves her down the well. Yep. And so, you know, she's like in eh. typical fairy tale fashion. Right, right. She gets shoved in a well by an evil witch in the woods, right? And <laughs> that, so at this point I'm like who hasn't had that happen? Right, yet? right. At this point I'm like fucking goddamn it, Goody, can you 
fucking want to live for like two seconds for like just at any point can you just have a desire to survive so she's in the well and she's uh she decides to swim and look for this thing because I think she because sees it Granny glinting. is telling her. Granny is telling her, "Hey, swim under there and find some cool shit for me that's in there." Yeah, and so she. I mean, she does find it. I think it's like a silvery, uh, solid egg thing. It's described uh, as egg shaped and glowy and shiny. Yeah, and she finds it, and then she surfaces, and she's like, "All right, I got it." And Granny, someone isn't there, and she has to fucking struggle to climb up the goddamn well, right? No, Granny, someone gives her a rope oh, because right, she promised she her yep. the rope yep. only after she got the thing at the bottom of the well. Yep, that's right. And then she's, she, and then for some reason, she decides to follow this woman to her house, which again, like, <laughs> yeah, I, like I mean, the Just fact- shoved you in a well and pulled you up. Uh, the Granny also could have, like, just asked her nicely, hey, can you, like, go down the well? And actually, there's something important down there for me. I got this rope. You'll be safe. No, I'm just gonna fucking shove you in and tell you to swim down there. I guess you ask forgiveness instead of, you know, asking permission, yeah, right? Yeah, right. But I, I guess, I guess, like... Yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, Granny someone hadn't met Goody yet, so she didn't know how gullible and easy she was. Yeah, so she probably <laughs> thought... she Most people, she probably asked a trick, right? So that's what she did. Um, and anyway, Eliza's soaking wet, and Granny someone's like, hey, let's come back to my house. I'll put some tea on. We'll have a chat. I'll tell you about the egg thing. You'll give it to me. It's be, it'll be cool. And Eliza's, <laughs> or Goody's like, yeah, sure, great. So they go, and like, when they're in the house... And they're sitting together. You immediately know something is up. Because Granny, someone's like, Meh, get closer to me. <laughs> yeah, once closer. Again, you know, and you're like, all right, to get all right, closer. fairy After tale the first witch. time she told you to get closer, she shoved you down a fucking moldy-ass well. But you're still going to do it, Goody. Yeah, and so right as Goody is about to get attacked, absorbed eaten murdered kidnapped Some witchy something shit. yeah right as granny someone is about to pounce essentially eliza busts down the door and is like no, no you can't captain have jane. the woman i love it's, it's it's captain jane that busts down the door oh shit is it i thought it was eliza yeah. no it's captain jane captain jane oh, is always right. the one that you're extricates right. Right. goody from shitty yeah. situations because she's the woods guide you're right. You're right. It was Captain Jane. I'm sorry. So Captain Jane is like, get your hands off this woman so I can bring her back to the woman she loves. Yeah. <laughs> because in my mind, this was just a lesbian story. I mean, and, and I don't, and it's not like I was just inventing this in my mind. There are a bunch of weirdly detailed descriptions of them kissing every time. Eliza like, likes a lot. to kiss on the mouth a whole lot. And, Goodbye, and they, hello. And they like to make a lot of smacking sounds when they kiss on the lips. And I was like, why are we focusing on this? It's because they're gay, right? But no, that was not why. Even Goody is like, I don't really kiss people on the lips all that much, but I guess that's how Eliza do. <laughs> yeah. And so she uh, she brings her back Captain Jane, by the way, Captain Jane shoves Granny so, like, her name's Granny Someone, which is revealed by Captain Jane. She just shoves that old lady over in her chair, no fucks given, and just, like, absconds with uh, Goody after that. Yeah, and so she's like, she's like, all right, dude, we're, uh, she starts talking to her about Red Boy, and she's like, yo, like, you've seen Red Boy, right? And Goody's like, no, what are you talking about? And Captain Jane's like, bro, you serious? Like, you haven't seen Red Boy? Eliza hasn't talked to you about him? She's like, Nah, and she's like, 
all right, like cracks her knuckles and is like, all right, man, we're going to fucking open your mind. Get in the bone carriage. (laughs) (laughs) The bone boat. Paris. Get in the bone boat. And if you're asking yourself, what the fuck is the bone boat? It's not the Puritan equivalent of the bang bus. Yeah, hey, and (laughs) it's not, there's no lesbian sex. That's not what's happening. Um, Once again, we've been bait and switched here. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It is actually a magical, uh, like, okay, if you've ever heard of, um, if if you know the fairy tale of the Snow Queen. Imagine that glorious giant carriage-like boat thing, but it's made of human skin and bones. There's like a couple faces on it <laughs> yep. and everything too, which good yep. mentions and isn't too perturbed by. <laughs> yeah, she like, like finds it a little weird, but she's like, "I oh, know, I guess so." It's it's just her Captain Jane's weird bone boat. I guess I'll get in there with her. She saved my life, actually. So yeah, so Captain Jane takes her into this horrifying boat made of human skin and bones and has literal human faces on it and they go off into the sky like you fucking know, Santa and his the, reindeer like they just except it's horrifying themselves. and he's bringing you okay the other thing is there's a scene where here's another like weird gray area thing that's kind of unexplained uh Goody mentioned see having seen the bone boat before when she was a little girl and she was Walking through a town she lived near on her own. She was stealing oat cakes, just being a little shit, I guess. And she wanders up to a lady in stalks in the middle of the town who snarls at her and scares Goody. But then when Goody turns around, she sees the bone boat come down from the sky. A hand reach out and touch the lady, and it seems like the lady dies. Yes. And it doesn't seem like anyone else saw the boat boat. No. No, and so, so yeah, so while, so interspersed with these scenes of Goody getting in the bone ship with Captain Jane, bone we boat, get Paris, the bone please. boat, we get this, <laughs> the BB, uh, we get this anecdote about Goody's childhood. So she used to live by the sea. Uh, she talks about how much she misses it, living by the sea. And when she was very little, she got away from her parents. And as Chris said, she was kind of being a little shit, stealing oat cakes, just running about, you know, as kids do when they get away from their parents. I guess that's and, fine in Puritan town when you just see a little girl running around. Well, no, it wasn't fine because they were actually in like a they were in like a proper city town. They must have been like Boston, Salem or something. Uh, man, but I no one know. really bugs little uh, little Goody. No, no. And so she like like Chris described, she sees this woman in the stocks um, and then as she keeps going, uh, she realizes she's lost, but is like, and eh, she just kind of like sits down somewhere. And this man is like, hey, you like sweets, little girl? And I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, no. Yeah. I was like, oh, great. I was like, I see that she has, I see that this pattern of just yeah. following strangers in, in, you know, in the worst situations has continued throughout her life. Um, and so little baby Goody follows this man into his beautiful home. And it's like this beautiful gilded mansion you know and and he was really nice and she had candy and then like her mom burst down the door or something she doesn't even remember she just remembers leaving the house at some point and then her parents finding her in the town she goody has the sense to leave the house at some point it's mentioned later because oh right you're right you're right she doesn't you're right yeah she brought up as another reason why oh goody just has this innate 
like sense of when to fuck off i guess yeah no you're right no one comes and gets her she realizes something is wrong and just leaves when the guy like goes into another room and then she's like lost in the town sleeps in a doorway and wakes up and her parents find her um and her parents are like wicked mad at her and her mom beats her and shit um you know you also slowly learn as the book you know unfolds that her mother was extremely abusive um her mother is just was just a horrible person um and so anyway she's with captain jane and captain jane when they get in the bone boat they actually go back to that man's house the man who gave goody candy in that town long ago and goody's like the fuck we doing back here and you know and i'm also like okay so this guy me this guy was like creepy pedophile but no it gets weirder um you find out that this man the handsome man as as he is called uh he traded his soul to red boy and captain jane basically and you know the basically to red boy and captain jane is like an agent of red boy so that he could have a handsome face and talent. He's a, he's a musician. He's a violinist. And, you know, he sells himself to them. And uh, in order to keep these wondrous things that, you know, Red Boy grants him, he has to um, lure, lure and collect children in the basement for them to do things he, with. He, we don't he's know. He's got to fatten them up. They got to be nice and fat. Yeah. For reasons. Yeah. So he has to kidnap and fatten children and keep them in his basement. And then Captain Jane comes and picks them up and takes them somewhere. And um, we're pretty sure that they're the pigs in yeah, Eliza's yard. The pigs in Eliza's uh, barn or whatever, they're like kind of extra coordinated with each other. And Goody notices that like, hey, they don't behave like normal pigs do, kind of. She's And she like legit notices them kind of talking one time and she's like that's weird pigs don't talk and then just like turns around like just yeah she's like, oh, whatever yeah yeah listen i got my shoes off already <laughs> yeah and so things are wild anyway man so, i'm in the middle of the in the house in the dark of the woods here right. nothing and so it's all fine it's chill so what this means is that goody was like eliza butchered a child and fed goody child meat remember when she gave her that bag of tasty pig meat for the woods and how delicious it was yeah pretty sure that was child meat and good chance yeah good chance and so so again uh nothing is like crystal clear but pretty sure chris and i put that one together correctly and she, you know she's like oh wow she's like oh wow so when i left that house i saved my own life and captain jane's like yeah you did good job you know and um she's like you know and, and then they, uh, that's right. They have the, the, the handsome man egg. is like complaining about like I'm so tired. I don't want to do this anymore. He's crying because so he's he's asked. like yeah exactly. He's <laughs> like he's like I can't believe. Basically, he's regretting selling his soul to the devil because who fucking doesn't right? And he's crying and he's like I can't do this anymore. Please relieve me, you know, of this burden. And basically, Captain Jane's like I'll relieve you of that burden. And she takes the At, wait wait first first. She tells Goody to, hey, you remember that thing you found at the bottom of the well that's in your pocket? Why don't you put that in his mouth? And so Goody does, and he starts screaming super loud. Yeah, so the egg scream 
definitely one of those things that I did not understand in this it's book. It's described as a scream. The, the egg thing is a scream of some kind that when you put it into someone's mouth, makes them scream really loud, and then Captain Jane stabs him in the neck, and he stops screaming, and it falls out. I don't know why they had to put the scream in his mouth to stab him. Yeah, I don't understand the retrieval of the scream from the well and then putting it in that guy. I didn't... So he could scream loud while you stabbed him? No, Which I assume he would have clearly... screamed anyway if you stabbed him. Uh, yeah, I'm not... I honestly am not sure what that was about. But anyway, Captain Jane and Goody discussed that murdering handsome man was a mercy. Just like it was a mercy when she saw... Captain Jane uh, take that woman's life in the stocks when she was a child. And uh, so she's talking about how Eliza has said that she can't leave the cottage and the grounds of her house and how weird she thinks that is. And Captain Jane is like, yeah, man, she can't leave. You know, that's just how it goes. Eliza's or Goody's like, I don't get it. And uh, they're talking about, you know, talking about who Red Boy is and uh, then Captain Jane, you know, they fly back to Eliza's house in the bone boat, uh, and she pushes her out into the snow back to Eliza's cottage. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Back to her own house. Excuse yeah. me. Sorry. Fir- sorry. First, right. first the, the first step here, I think, in this final sequence of the book is Captain Jane being like, all right, yeah, so you saw, you kind of know some of the deal. Eliza can't leave. Why don't you go back to your man back at home? And see if you want to stay there or not. You know, like, why don't you take that advice and go home now? You've had enough in in our weird witchy, uh, possibly lesbian woods here. (laughs) I think, why don't you go back to your straight life and see how that feels? Yeah, and and this is where things really start to take more shape. Like, you start to understand more of the context that you weren't getting at the beginning. Um, You know, she, she gets back home and she's like sick i'm gonna i got these sick i have my berries i'm gonna fucking get that cream out of that cow and she goes and milks the cow and she's like all right sweet and it's the middle of the night mind you or or perhaps very early morning like the a like 3 a.m or something and she walks in and she describes her sleeping quarters which is a straw pellet with ropes above it that her husband has to use to tie her up because she is a violent, crazy person, <laughs> turns out. Or at least when she's sleeping, maybe? Uh, yeah, so, you know, and I, and I didn't mean that to sound um, judgmental, but it does seem like she has some serious problems, you find out, that so she has violent outbursts and need to be, needs to be restrained. Um, and, and she's like consented to be restrained, right? And she's like, she's like, yeah, I know that you know I have I have these problems, and and it sounds like she actually maybe tried to kill the kid before, and that's why this started happening, why they had to start tying her up. Uh, and she sees her husband asleep at the table with a knife, and she picks it up and like considers murdering him, and then it's like. You know what? I should just leave forever before I kill both of them. And um, she well, wakes. She goes to like she goes to like wake up her son, and her son bites her hand, and she's like, "You know what? Fuck this place. I'm going back to Eliza's house." That's yeah. how it read to me, honestly. 
well, yeah, her son, her son bites her or whatever, right? <laughs> and she's like, all right, my son's being a shit. And then she like thinks about stabbing her husband and is like, you know what? I should just leave forever. I should just get the fuck out of here. And she makes the right choice and she leaves before she does anything, you know? And she seems pretty conflicted about it because she's like, oh, I'm going to miss my son so much, you know? And Except for the fact that he fucking bit me. Fuck that, actually. Well, I think, I think it's... At this point in the book, you're supposed to understand that her son has some kind of developmental problem and is maybe on the autism spectrum. Um, and that's why, you know, he's slow to speech, slow to understanding, <sighs> bites randomly. I mean, these are all things that um, people... I, it, would... I, just, I think it's just funny to me that the tipping point for her really was the bite. Uh, I think I think she contemplates stabbing her husband after that. Um Oh, that and that's where we get the confession. Like she picks up the knife and she's like, you know, I could easily just murder them, just like I murdered my mom. I mean, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? There's uh, a lot of stuff that just kind of gets like plonked out like that in this book. That's just like in a line, some shit happens, and you're like, oh, oh, wait, whoa, okay. Well, and again, it's because it's a stream of consciousness style of writing, and so you're like, I mean, I'll read you the line. It's pretty good. Um, I found I found now that it was before me again, that I had missed this knife of mine and longed to use it, as I had longed to walk in the dark beneath the stars before I had taken up my berry basket and left on my walk. I had swum down a well and flown through the air and set the world to roasting, but a sharp blade is its own sweet journey. There's nothing like your own knife, nothing in this world. And as I stood there, I even squeezed at the air as if I were grabbing it. I reached out again, felt the cold air touch the wound on my hand. Notice the slick blood on my thumb and fingers. Stay where you stand, dearie, I thought, but I crept right to the edge of the table, leaned over, and peered closely at the knife. Peering at it, I thought to take it up and plunge it quickly into my two sleepers, as I had plunged it into my mother again and again for having danced on my father's grave and later laughed about it. <laughs> You're just like... I'm sorry, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, so, oh, yeah, if you wondered why she murdered her mother, we didn't really talk a lot about exactly how abusive uh, uh, Goody's mother was. She was verbally, physically abusive to both Goody and her father. Her father, like, tried to run away with Goody at one time, but then decides to come back because you know how abusive relationships be. And then uh, when her father dies, her mother's actually celebrating, to which I guess Goody does not take a liking to and just stabs the shit out of her a bunch. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they also they got into, like, a weird fight over, like, enough sugar in something and she was like you know what fuck this bitch and stabs her to death and then her husband comes home and she's like yo we gotta bury this body and her husband excuse me her man her man helps her bury the body and then they have to move and that's why they had to that's why she had to move away from the sea the seaside town that she grew up in is because she murdered her mom and had to escape the law that is why. So you the, the find that... I mean, you know, like, the law back then, they only had so much to work with, so, like, if they just moved the body a little bit, they probably stumped the detectives on the whole. They probably figured out that she got stabbed, and that was about it. I'm thinking about Law & Order Puritan times now. Just, like, two guys in, like, pilgrim hats showing up and trying to, like... Or, or even, like, Puritan iced tea. So you're telling me this barefoot lady stabbed her mom a bunch of times and then flew away on a bone boat? It's like a chicken to do that part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a red boy in the woods? In New York City. <laughs> in colonial New England. There's a special... A special arm of the Puritan government known as the Special Witches Unit. 
Woo. These are their stories. Dun, dun. Uh, oh, God. I couldn't remember the whole spiel. But the special witches unit needs to be a thing. Holy shit. So you're telling me that a granny shoved this woman down the well and left her there? <laughs> and you're saying she did this of her own free will? <laughs> Oh god! Oh, in the, oh wait, wait, Lord. no, no, no! I, I, in the, in the colonial Puritan justice system, magically based offenses are considered especially heinous. <laughs> in the woods of Puritan New England, the dedicated magistrates who investigate these vicious magical felonies are member of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. <laughs> special Victims Unit. Special Witches Unit. These are their stories. Dun, dun. Instead of the doink doink, it's like an old timey bell clang. Ding from ding, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> ding ding. <laughs> Jesus, you know we're like laughing. This is not a funny book. None of this is funny. Don't like There's a we're lot not... of funny like detail like the the women that show up just to like have sex with goodies yeah, husband at one true, point or whatever. That's it's like true. such a stupid thing that has no bearing. Yeah, and um. <laughs> anyway, Goody realizes that she is too dangerous to stay with her husband and her son because she's probably going to end up killing them. So she leaves. She goes back to Eliza. Um, and, you know, and it was snowing at that point. So, like, clearly several months have passed because when she left, it was, like, spring or summer. It was still warm out. And now it's snowing. So all of this has been happening within a series of months. Um, she goes back to... Eliza's house and uh finds Eliza um with Red Boy. This is the first time we see Red Boy. Yeah, and for what uh, it is. and oh boy, is it so much more horrifying than I imagined. It's, it's like not a, just a very dark skinned child or a gay man, in fact. Um so. I I have an amazing note that I forgot about. Uh-huh. What, I what, highlighted the description and said Oh boy, Satan is a jacked bird man because <laughs> that's what Red Boy is. He's a huge bird. He's person. a huge, a huge red robin with huge muscles. <laughs> jacked <laughs> fucking <Yeah>. flexing. <laughs> um, and he has a really sharp beak. Uh, and he is at the table eating that tasty pig meat that Eliza's giving him, which we know is children. Uh, but Eliza or Goody doesn't. And so Goody walks in and is like, hey, what's up? Oh, this must be uh, Red Boy. Cool. Nice to meet you. How do you and, do, uh, giant bird person? How do you do? And um, what nice muscles you have. I see you've oiled them for me before you ate your pig kids. Basically, like, they have a conversation. Things get a little weird. Eliza gets up and um, Goody becomes the new Eliza. Dun, yeah, dun. so that's... That's how things work around here. Turns out there's a, it's like a circular promotion thing where a goodie walks into the forest and becomes an Eliza. Eliza is helped or sort of hindered by Captain Janes and Granny Someones, who are actually former Elizas, who decide to come back to the woods to just kind of help other people through it or fuck with them a little bit, depending on what their position is. It seems like Captain Jane is the helper spirit and Granny someone is the fuck around with you spirit. Yeah, and, and this happens in the most horrifying way, right? Because And it seems like you have to trick 
the new goodie into giving some kind of consent to take over because they're sitting there and I'll just read the passage. You have come to this table and will stay and receive Red Boy's punishments and rewards both. Stay here and play this game. This game, great and grand. You will do this to help me? Eliza said at last, looking long and carefully at me. I will not run, for I do not fear him or his games. I do not fear your Red Boy, who takes his different shapes and tries to scare us, I said. See then what I have for you, she said. She reached into the pocket of her own dress and pulled out the very scream I had fetched from the well and had last seen on the floor beside the handsome singer. She set it on the bloody wood between us. It jiggled a moment and went still. Eliza stood then. She came around the table and put her hand on my shoulder. I saw that she was clutching a thick rolled bundle of her creamy paper. She squeezed my shoulder hard, then whispered sharp into my ear, This giant bird is your red boy, not mine, Eliza, and fear him you will. But I'm not Eliza, you're Eliza, I said. She gave me no answer, only made fast for the door. When I pressed on the table to try to rise and follow, Red Boy's head came down and put, he put his beak through the back of my hand. And my note was, oh, fuck, shit, fuck. I was like, oh, damn, shit got real. And then the chapter turns and you are now in Eliza's head. Uh, OG Eliza as she leaves and leaves Goody as the new Eliza. So we change perspective totally. And she meets up with Captain Jane and Jane was like... <laughs> And Eliza's like, oh, man, did I scream that bad when you know, I took over for you? And Captain Jane was like, nah, probably not. And you're just like, wait, what the fuck? You guys are so casual about this. Yeah. <laughs> like, So, yeah, like like Chris described, it's the series. It's a series of ascension where, you know, Goody becomes Eliza. Eliza becomes Captain Jane. Captain Jane becomes Goody someone. If, well, here's the thing. If the Eliza that leaves can choose to stay out of the woods forever. Very if true. She so wants. Yep. If she comes back, that's when she can turn into a Captain Jane. Yeah. I mean, it does seem, though, that they usually come back. Um, so we end, up, we end up in Eliza's mind for the rest of this. And everything is a lot clearer when we're Eliza, FYI. Um... And so Eliza's like, oh, man, going to go back to my husband. Uh, and there's this one line that Chris and I both thought was funny. Um, it's one line. Yep. It's literally um, one sentence. Uh, it took nearly a week to make my walk home to our house in the mountains. My husband gasped and fell to his knees when he saw me. Two heavy, sullen girls, tiny things that I had left on the walk I had not returned from, stopped only a moment in their work and stared. My husband had found another woman to come and live in my house and sleep in my bed, but I soon saw her off. <laughs> That's it. Just one she never sentence, like, just, oh yeah, fuck, kick that bitch out. found a husband, she had to adopt two foster daughters, has been building a life, and then just in walks, like, his old wife, and the dude's like, uh, guess you gotta go. Yeah. That's how this works. <laughs> Awkward. Um, <laughs> I yeah, hope it's... you can find another husband. It's, yeah, Jesus. Uh, and so... She it's, the, it's she, the briskness of it in one line. It's just like, I just got rid of her. Don't worry about it. By the way, speaking of, actually, this just reminded me of a scene earlier. Speaking of just getting rid of people, a fantastic example of how fucked up uh, Goody's mom was. Uh, there's a scene where it just it describes Goody's father's mother. So Goody's grandmother on her father's side living with Goody and generally be kind, being mostly kind to her and everything except being old and infirm. Until eventually one day she has, like, one seizure too many, and her uh, Goody's mother takes her grandmother out into the woods, literally over her shoulder, and then comes back by herself. And you never see the grandma again. <laughs> yep, so her mom just 
off to grandma when she became too inconvenient <laughs> to take care of, which is fucked up. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're now in Eliza's mind and perspective and she goes back to her husband and her daughters and she tries to like, you know, um, go back into society and, you know, word spread that she came back and she tries to explain to people that, you know, she wasn't on a fabulous vacation. Uh, and she kind of slowly realizes or quickly realizes that she's going to go back. Because she remembers why she ended up in the woods. Uh, And it's because her husband cheated on her with her sister and she murdered her sister for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not her husband, though, weirdly. I mean, I just like murder them both, right? Like equal opportunity (laughs) murder. It's not the man's fault. It's she had her shoes off and her bare feet showing. How can you expect her to not murder that foot <laughs> slut for showing her face. Yeah, and so she realizes, like, I think I'm gonna go back. Uh, and so she, uh, she, she, like, ties up her husband and she thinks about her daughters. She's like, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna go. She basically thinks she's gonna go back because I think she starts to feel bad about having switched places with Goody and making Goody new Eliza. Um, and it just kind of, and then, you know, we, we have that moment where you're like, okay, I think, I think Eliza's going to go back to Goody in the woods, you know, new Eliza. And then the last chapter we get is Goody's boy. And he decides he is going to take the bark necklace his mother gave him and go and find his mother that's how the book ends yeah so it yeah. that it, it ends on a vague note and that's pretty much how the whole book it, it, it wraps up is on this, this this very vague chord almost of like a couple of different things that don't really get wrapped up or resolved in a neat clean way and you're just kind of left to wonder about like what was the perp not not, not what the purpose was because i it's it's a repentance forest, right? It's like an enchanted atone yeah. for your murder sins forest for I think specifically women. Uh yeah, I mean it does seem to be an atonement cycle for women. Uh, why that is, I have no idea. Um Red Boy is definitely Satan. Uh, just, I disagree with you here. I disagree with you strongly. I don't Chris, think Chris, you're has- extremely he- wrong. Go away. No, okay, uh- listen, here's my here's my case. Red boy, he is red, like blood. They are there to atone for their sins of murder. He's some kind of manifestation of either bloodlust, because you have to feed him meat all the time, or like murder guilt, because he's the one that runs the forest. He's the one that traps you there out of your guilt and shame for what you did. Also, maybe red boy is some kind of weird menstruation re- metaphor, too. Who knows? No. It's a red thing with women. It's not a, no, there's no need, to, no need to tack that on there. But, okay, I think you make some really good points. But um, if that's the case, why would the handsome man bargain with him for his soul? For better, I don't know. For, See, you know that the, that's what makes me think it's obviously Satan and not a specific... The, the whole handsome man thing is just like this weird sidebar that, uh, you know... Aside from like the the how she encountered Granny, someone to get the scream, I don't understand why the handsome man was brought into any of this. Well, it was brought in to show Goody that uh, she could have 
she could have succumbed to this cycle much earlier in her life, but she escaped it. Um, but she eventually ended up getting sucked into it, you know? Um, sucked in as the victim instead of the perpetrator of a murder? Yeah. Because she would, she would have gotten sucked into the cycle. She would have just been captured and put in the basement to get fat. That's right. not really getting trapped in the Woods Atonement cycle. It's just getting no, 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 captured but, by her weirdo. Right, but I, I think I think Captain Jane was just like, hey, man, you almost died here. Isn't that weird? Uh, and I think she was trying, because this is the point in the book where Captain Jane is trying to explain to her what is going on in, you know, their weird sing-songy fairy tale way. Um, and she's just trying to explain, like, what Red Boy's about and what all this shit is about and, like, what they do as these women who live in the woods. Yeah, so you get the explanation of, like, the promotions and stuff like that, but you don't really get a, any clear example of, like, why these women are lured into this enchanted murder atonement force. Well, I think you're right. It's the murder atonement force. I mean, and, you know, if we want to go your route, this is the murder atonement forest. There's also a, perhaps a rape atonement forest, perhaps a theft atonement forest <laughs> with, like, yellow bird and green bird and blue bird and purple bird and black bird and brown bird and white bird and gray bird and they all have their own forest for their all particular particular sins even the one about littering atonement which let me tell you is a really messy affair oh that'd be so anyway man if you think the mirror game is boring try boring try going to the littering atonement forest um so i mean so perhaps there are different forests for different sins who knows um i was trying to decide the whole time if the first man was I think he actually is just a native dude that's like, yo, those woods fucking no, they're super magical and evil. Get out of here. Like, at first I thought he was another figment of the forest, like Hope, the little girl. But I was like, nah, he's just a dude trying to do yeah, a good deed. He, like, he lives around there and yeah. he like sometimes picks berries and he's like, look, he tries to warn women that are wandering in there with no shoes on to, hey, maybe don't fucking do that. But all of them just ignore him, and he's probably like, these fucking uh, pale faces, always just ignoring my clear warning. Whatever. You know what? I'm done. I'm going to pick some more berries. <laughs> yeah, and, and you find—oh, you, uh, that's right. I, I kind of glossed over this, but you find out that she, she goes on this walk because she escapes from her shackles and is having a manic episode, basically. <laughs> yeah. She, you know, Goody escapes from her shackles and is like, I'm going to be a good wife and go get and it's like the middle of the night and she starts her walk and by the time she gets to the forest it's dawn and that's when i don't the need these starts. shoes yeah. shoes hold you back exactly i really like how it ends because it ends to set up a sequel which i super want to read where we have eliza potentially going back to the woods and we also have the little boy looking for his mom and i'm like oh fuck i want to see where this goes like i was totally invested by the end of the book i was like yep i want more of this give me more <laughs> how many fairy tales have sequels did, was there ever, like, Jack of the Beanstalk 2, even bigger <laughs> stock? <laughs> uh, three, the three Billy Goats gruff, even gruffer There's a new Billy Goat brother in town. <laughs> the four Billy Goats gruffer. Yeah. <laughs> with fairy tale sequels with Tyler <laughs> Beauty and the Beast and the Bard. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's fucking... There's one more B in there. One more B. Uh, ooh, what's another one? Um... <laughs> the princess and the pea, and also an, another thing that starts with a pea. Sleeping Beauty's juice cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> Just say yes. Uh, oh man, that's a self-help book. Turns out. Oh it's yeah, a- uh, the nightingale. Uh, now in the day. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the three oh. pigs, although the three pigs, like, but it's like the, the, the real estate brothers thing where they're just buying new houses all the time and renovating them. <laughs> this is how you prevent from wolf Ooh, attacks. You oh, don't want to is... make it out of straw. No, this is pig swap. Pig swap. Oh, yeah, pig, <laughs> pig uh, or pig flip because they flip houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pig flip. Uh, what's it, what's some other uh, fairy tale sequels we can create? Um, ooh, the Snow Queen is obviously like the thaw or something, right? That's like, just that's... Frozen Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, now nah, the Snow Queen is better than the Frozen story. Um, Have you? I haven't even seen Frozen, so I no, I haven't. Seen it, but I know enough about it to know that it's a different story entirely. But um, speaking of me being super into fairy tales, um, I loved watching. Ooh, what was it called? It was a. It was narr. It was a show that I would I would rent the tapes from the library. It was called like story fairy tale theater or storybook theater or something, and it was narrated by the lady that did Lamb Chop's voice, Shelley Long. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, dude, I loved that. I watched all of them, and I loved it because they they did some of the more popular fairy tales, but they also did some more obscure ones, like The Nightingale, which Mick Jagger was the star of, P.S. Oh, okay. Um, the Princess and the Pea also hey, I, had... I, I, I'm just trying to imagine Mick Jagger in that role with, like, his weird mouth. Yeah. Uh, the Princess and the Pea had a famous actress in it. Um, yeah, so sometimes they have famous people in them, but I just really liked them because some of them were fairy tales I'd never heard of before, which is also why I really want to find that fairy tale book that I had as a kid, because there are fairy tales in there that I talk to people about and they look at me like I'm insane because they've never heard of them before. And I'm like, no, they exist. You just cooked them up in your, in like I got a, trapped in the book in the heart of the library. Stain bears alternate universe. No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, no, I got trapped in the in the book in the dark of the library. That's what happened. Um, <laughs> in the book, it's where shitty children get trapped. Um, That's where you you're gonna get trapped in a, in, a, in like a bookstore haunted by a weird witch lady or something. But uh, you know, so anyway, to atone for your terrible book sins, oh you're shit, gonna get yeah, yeah, I got to atone for these terrible book sins. Um, so I really liked this book and absolutely will read a sequel if there is a is one. Um, I recommend you read it if you are into darker fairy tales um, or and if you can stand the style of writing. All that being said, I totally understand why you didn't like this scene. Uh, I, you know, I get it. It it's not that writing style is not for everyone. It is wicked confusing. You do have to put a lot of pieces together and you don't get a lot of clear answers. And like Chris was pointing out, you know, there's a lot of a lot of the magical elements are just like. What the fuck is happening? What is with this egg scream? The egg scream yeah, is I, the ultimate mystery in this. I can't really come down on either side of whether I'm fine with with like the mysterious and vagary sense of everything because it does lend to that kind of like dark fairy tale, uh, dark chocolate sampler that you <laughs> described before. But at the same time, there's just some stuff that I'm like, but I, if I'm if I don't understand the mechanical reasons of or I was trying to read symbology into like a lot of things, which is how I picked up on that idea about red boy but i can't really for it's a whole episode with the handsome man and the egg scream thing i just don't, like why bother to put all that stuff in it is it just like another example of women murdering men who deserve it or like is there some kind of symbology there like they're killing a handsome man to free themselves but he was involved in the site it's really vague and i can't un un untangle well, no, it. no no no, no. Han handsome man was tangential to the cycle so Red Boy rules over the 
murder atonement forest, but he's also got, you know, he's got his hands on other adventures. He's, he is Satan after all, in my view. And he is, and, and Captain Jane is, uh, his like messenger to the outside world, right? Like she collects his debts for him. And that's what was happening with, with handsome man. So. Yeah. But then the whole scream thing, like what? Yeah. The wh- scream, why? I didn't understand the scream thing. I, I, I'm still confused about that. I also or like the faint heartbeat thing. Yeah. Of, of all the Elizas and like Captain Jane doesn't have a heartbeat. She has like a roaring sound in her when you put your head up to her chest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Is it like they're between the veil of worlds and kind of like not really living? <laughs> yeah, uh, may- but- maybe. I mean, but I also didn't have a lot of time to really think about this terribly deeply. I read it. I enjoyed it. We're reviewing it for the show. Um, you know, this wasn't one of my good books, uh, although it is a good... I think it's a good book, but it wasn't... It was enjoyable to read page to page. I, I wasn't suffering as much as I do with a lot of other terrible books where it's yeah. just literally a slog through it. This t- the, My quarrels with this this time are just more of like a taste thing. Yeah. Or, uh, like I said... I do like narratives to be very, very tightly written and, like, why things are happening and, like, if you can find out what, what a particular object or, you know, a symbol or MacGuffin is for. But it doesn't necessarily have to be the case all the time, especially in the cases of, like I said, like a fairy tale like this, where the whole idea of, like, not quite understanding what's happening is almost the point of everything. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an intentional element to the story, which is why i was okay with it um it seemed planned you know what i mean it it didn't seem like it was an accident of the author's ineptitude you know like which which is yeah. what happens in a lot of books we read <coughs> excuse me you know i um i did really enjoy it and i think that if if you're into having books that you have to think about real hard and put things together and you know figure out this dark fairy tale you'll like it but yeah, uh, I'm just repeating myself. But anyway, I understand why this book might be polarizing and why some people might really not like it. Because honestly, e- even when I first, when I started the book through throughout the first, I think 70%, because the payoff happens about 70 or 80% of the way through when Red Boy puts his beak through a, uh, through Goody's hand and Eliza and Goody switch places. Like, that's the point when you realize what's going on, when you finally have all of the information to understand and that's, like I said, pretty deep into the book. And up until that point, things are pretty unclear all over the place. And so it's a whirlwind of just random weird yeah, shit. Yeah, and happens. so and so I can understand why you might want to give up on this book. Um, however, I, I you know I would urge people to continue um, because the payoff is good, but it is a lot to ask for for that payoff. And I get why people don't want to sit there through that. And generally, the writing is good. There's some yeah. cool turns of phrase. There was one moment, actually, this is kind of disconnected from everything else. Another example of the abusive mom. Apparently, uh, she's not great at having kids because she had five stillbirths or, like, early dying children before she had Goody. And then two after. And whenever Goody is like, hey, mom, can, can I have a sister? Her mom gets all upset and tells her, why don't you go to the graveyard and play with the ghosts? <laughs> Just like a really kind of like horrible but sick bird I guess, yeah. on herself and Goody at the same time. Yeah, and I... Because um, there's we, fucking nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we didn't talk about this, and I know this, this episode's kind of getting long, um, but I really liked 
how gender did not predict how someone was going to act or what kind of person they were going to be. I really loved how, you know, everyone was very nuanced. There was not, um, I mean, except maybe for Granny, someone who seemed pretty evil and like the she's more of a mischievous force yeah more more mischievous yeah um i just personally i really like that there were some shitty abusive women in this because i feel like most stories it's like women being abused by men and that's the whole thing it's the whole reason why the female character develops and changes it's like the whole catalyst right and i was just it was just really refreshing and i know that sounds weird but I'm just saying in terms of like storytelling, it was nice to see a situation where you had a shitty abusive mom who abused their dad and a poor abused dad, which you don't see in media a lot, but is a reality. So even though this was a fairy tale, I did like that there was um, just just good, you know, good descriptions of. Uh, you know, I think evil stepmom and good dad is a fairy tale thing that happens a lot, right? Like that's Well, it wasn't her stepmom. T- it was her actual mom. That's the yeah, difference. Yeah, but still, evil mom, decent dad. No, 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 isn't no, no, totally no, 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 no. Evil stepmom is the trope, but it's never evil mom in stories. Oh, it's always point. stepmom. So I did, I did like that. That was a thing, and I liked good that. Point. Yeah, and I liked that. Like you, you know, the husband. Uh, you know, the hus- husband's kind of a shithead, but is still trying to protect his son from his wife. You know, you find out that the white, you know, that Goody's actually probably really dangerous and has murdered people before and possibly tried to murder her child and was thinking about it anyway, you know, and I don't know, I guess it's just nice to not have these like black and white cardboard cutouts. And um, I actually found it pretty impressive that the author managed to achieve that with this writing style. Uh, the way that especially he had- couched it in like an aggressively patriarchal society like Puritan society right. was too. Yeah, I just I thought it was really because I think about doing it myself and I'm like, you know, if you told me, oh, hey, you got to write this, uh, you got to write this in this like sing songy, weird fairy tale uh, stream of consciousness prose. But you also have to weave all this like you have you have to make the characters, you know, multidimensional and not like cardboard cutouts of uh very normal men and women i would be like oh that seems like a tall order yeah but so you know job mr hunt yeah laird hunt did a really great job of that um yeah this might be probably like the what is this like the second or third episode where we've had a book we like where we're actually praising the author yeah i think this is the third book that we've had where we we liked it and liked the author overall um, You're in a, among an elite crew, Mr. Hunt. <laughs> if you I'm, listen to this, like, I guess some authors have been known to do when they, when they find an episode. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he I'm sure he's thrilled. I'm sure he's going. Are to you going to send us an email with every bad review you've ever received? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see where I see we're poking fun at uh, uh, Robert Jared Brown. Dan, whatever his, like, five first names is. Uh, We've been pretty vague about who sent us that email before us, so perhaps we should still remain a little bit vague about yeah. who sent us that email. Yeah, we had, yeah, we, we, our one angry email we ever received from an author. <laughs> it was, and it wasn't even that bad, honestly, it's fine. Yeah, no, it was fine. I'm always surprised that we if don't get more. If a little insecure, more, if yeah, a little. Yeah. I'm honestly always surprised that we don't get more hate mail, so uh, I'm I'm thankful for the lack of hate mail we received. <laughs> We're going to get an email from Mr. Hunt describing, like, everything we got fucking wrong. It's like, you goddamn idiots. This wasn't anybody. 
Um, anyway, uh, let's let's head over to the closing. Um, so thank you once again to Sina for recommending this. Um, sorry that this maybe wasn't what you were expecting. Um, we, we never know what's going to happen when we read books for this show. And this just happened to be one that we thought wasn't that terrible, you know? Uh, but I, I totally get why. Uh, Consider yourself lucky that your taste in books is elevated to the point where, like, this one is is a bad one for you. Well, I also, but but like I said, I support her not liking it. I get it. Yeah, no, I it's, it's yeah. totally understandable. Like, especially if you ducked out like super early. Right, right. Um, so thank you to the rest of our Patreon supporters. So in addition to Sina, we also have Dari, Greg, Will, Veronica, D, Jared, Lynn, and our newest patron, Jakub. Is that right, Chris? Yes, that he definitely has a very Polish last name yes. too. So, Jin Dobre, Yakshimash, Jakub. How how we all sort of kurva yet? No, I mean <laughs> sorry. Oh oh, good. Should I start speaking to see not in broken Norwegian since she? <laughs> so, oh, Let's just have our own private conversations <laughs> yeah. with our patrons over here. <laughs> I'm gonna say, "Daimi yeshe pinyonze proše, ye ye mushimash ten pinyonze proše." Should I that's, that's should I leave? Like, should I just like get some gonkies and get no, out of here? No, like? I just I just begged for more money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, do I know enough? And do I know enough shitty Norwegian to ask Sina for the same? Um. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I kind of demanded money more ooh, than begs, ooh, to be honest with you. I'm uh, sorry. Shaprasham, <laughs> Yaku. I'll I'll try to have something prepared for next time. Right now, I'm laughing too hard at your uh, impromptu Polish. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's like my secret skill that I'll whip out sometimes. I sound like an <laughs> Eastern European spy. <laughs> so thank you, Jakub, for uh, you know joining our roster of patrons. Yeah, yeah, whatever that was. Um, <laughs> thank you all very very much for your support. Without our patrons, we would be sad. Um, so we are now only about six dollars away from our next goal. So. If you want to help us out, give us easier access to books, get some TBC bookmarks in production, and watch special video segments, you can head over to patreon.com slash join slash terrible book club and become a patron. At the $5 a month level or higher, you can enjoy a bunch of extra content. There's there's a, just a huge backlog, um, including some audio tracks of me and Chris watching movies or TV show companions to books we've read on the podcast. Um, additionally, you can do us a favor and download the Radio Public app and listen to us on there. That helps us passively generate income for the show because each play on the Radio Public app gets us two cents and an extra dollar bonus if you listen to three episodes in a row. So that would be great if you would help us out that way. Barzo duże pieniądze. Chris is now having some kind of Polish stroke or episode. Uh, I'm just going to keep rolling. Uh, we uh, we love when people say hi and interact with us. So please reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads, or Facebook. You can also send us an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com. That's just like it sounds. Um, and if you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and give us a review, whether it's on iTunes or like somewhere else. Reviews really help. Uh, you can also share the show on social media or just straight up tell your friends. Uh, I think as a last note, um, Radio Public interviewed us recently about um, the show and the website they made for us. So if you want to look at our dumb faces and read some words we wrote that aren't about books, then check out the it, interview. It's about uh, getting like <laughs> listeners and more people on the podcast, which I don't think we're an authority on. But hey, they they asked us, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was nice of them to interview us. Also... Hello, all of you new listeners. Where the fuck are all of you coming yeah. from? I'm so confused. We got 
uh, we had a really good month this month it seems like uh this has been the best month for the show yet and it's not even over so i don't know what's going on but y- let y'all let us are... know how you found us and what you like what you don't like make your voices heard yeah we want to i want to know where you people are coming from um i wonder if all of my twitter and reddit stalking is finally paying off perhaps it is uh so who are you stalking well not stalking just um <laughs> aggressive targeted marketing let's say yeah, <laughs> yeah if you, if attacks you... of of links yeah, if you if you ever see uh, if you ever see Terrible Book Club lurking on Reddit or Twitter, that's me. <laughs> it's not Chris most of the time. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm the audio boy here. Yeah, you, oh, is that is that a different forest where people go to pay for their audio sins? Yeah, if you have <laughs> clipping on your mic, it's me stabbing you through the fucking ear. You got to take the place of old Chris and become yeah. become Goodman. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! You know we had some good moments today, even though we love this book. Like special witches unit, oh excellent. <laughs> um. Anyway, thanks for thanks for tuning in this week, and we will see you next time for episode fifty-seven. All right, bye, Paris. Bye, Chris. Down, 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 down.